B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fam. Time to get to the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. Check them out, betql.com. Let's talk to our friend, Mr. Pete Haley. Peter. Peter, how do you do, buddy? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you, as always, for having me on your show, and I, and I mean that sincerely. I know it's a great show, and I'm an honored guest, and uh, I'll stop kissing your butts now and I'll wait for the questions. Okay, so uh, do you think we should go get Lamar? No, I'm joking. That's a joke. <laughs> ask him. I'm curious what he'll say. So, we no, got a, a, no, a lot I, of Lamar let, talk. Let's, let's, ask, let's ask a real quarterback question. You look at it, they're saying that Sam Howell's going to have every chance to become the starter. And you know that they're going to have to have extra quarterbacks on the roster. Are you into the bringing Taylor back, or you think they should get other backups and move on from that? Because I just, I still, listen, I like Taylor, but I think Taylor is going to always have a fraction going for him and a fraction going to be going for the other team, where you're going to always have that separation from fans and players alike. It's a very uh, complicated discussion for a a position that has become more and more important and for a guy who is really beloved here. And I'm one of those people who loves Taylor Heineke, the guy I understand he's not the best quarterback, but I don't really think the fact that he is a faction of fans behind him should influence the decision one way or the other. It should matter more. So if he has to play, can he help you win? And he's shown that to a decent degree, certainly better than most of the backups in the league. So if Taylor can come back in a reasonable price, I think it's definitely worth doing. Now he's not going to be with Scott Turner, and knowing Scott Turner's offense was always one of the feathers in his cap, so he's going to have to prove that he can exist outside of the Turner scheme. However, Heineke for 5 or $6 million I think is better than a Dalton or a Mariota who might cost 8 or 9 and I think for me it really just comes down to cost. I don't think this team should be spending much on quarterback. They aren't doing it with Hal, and there's not much – uh, motivation or reason for them to do so on the backup. So whoever's cheapest, Heineke, Mariota, Tyrod, any of those guys are on the same plane. Get the guy who makes the most financial sense and bring him in here to play, compete, whatever with Sam Howell. But Taylor's fan base, I don't think, should impact this. But I should, I should. Right, But you say whatever's cheaper. Is it your money all of a sudden? Like, why do you care about, like, do you think they're going to spend it elsewhere? I don't really care. It's certainly not my money. Uh, I have way less money than what they have, and I don't care how they spend it. But if you can save a couple million and, and get another linebacker or uh, tack that on to Cam Curl's deal, I think it's worth it. But, yeah, I, I just I, I don't really care necessarily that they – I don't think they need to splurge, obviously, on a backup. So take the guy. I think all the players we always kick around are in the same exact class. They can play okay for two to three games. Maybe they can pinch hit for five games or so. But the more they play, the less you want to see him. Heineke fits in that. He's got a great – uh, support supporting system, kind of like a Gardner Minshew type, but you don't want to see him too much. So just take the cheapest one, and and maybe you can spend it on a new tight end, a new cam curl deal, etc. But see, this is where I, I go with that. You know, you you make that comment about he he can help you win. Yes, he's helped you win for two years, but guess what? Every year after every one of those years, they always talk about they had to get a quarterback, they had to get somebody the better. They didn't have to get him, and then now all of a sudden he's the guy. I just feel eventually you find out what somebody is. And they don't think he can take them to the playoffs and win games. You know, everybody, we lost the game when we went to the playoffs. And people were going crazy over that. But ultimately, the the coaching staff does not feel he's the guy to get you there. Why keep right, bringing him he, back? Why would you keep bringing that back? They're not bringing him back to be the guy. They're bringing him back to back up the guy that they hope they have in Sam Howell. They're not going to sign Heineke and expect to win 10 games. 
that's not the point of So my whole thing is I'm going to have I'm, I'm going to have the pull and the, the pressure because whenever something goes wrong with Sam, which will happen because he's a young guy, and then people start calling Woods, I will go away from Heineke and start moving on because if he can't win me 10 games, if I feel another backup, I think could feel me, whether he can or not. If I think he can, I go with the guy I think could give me 10 wins, not the guy I think can't. Well, I think if you did a list of backup quarterbacks, and maybe this can be your guy's segment for like the 1 o'clock hour, go through and rank the backups. That sounds not that fun, but it could be kind of compelling. I think Heineke's in the top five, so why wouldn't you want one of the better backup quarterbacks to play backup quarterback for your team? All right, all right, and, all right, all right relax, go ahead. relax. Getting, getting all fired up. Um, <laughs> I think... Beamage started it. Ron couldn't wait to bench Taylor Heineke, and this team was winning games. If you're Taylor, do you want to come back? Yeah, if somebody else not offering. He couldn't wait to bench him. <laughs> yeah, it it comes that's a that's the more that's the less discussed side of this. It's a two way street and Heineke might feel very insulted. I mean he went on the Pat McAfee show a month or two ago and talks about how the benching really affected him going to Carson Wentz for that Browns game. Um, so I guess it comes down to how much Taylor feels invested in the guys in the locker room versus how invested he feels in Ron and, and losing Scott. I don't know how great their relationship was last year, but Scott was the guy who initiated bringing Taylor back into the league. So I'm sure there's a certain level of trust there. So it comes down to Taylor. Do I love being around Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas and these guys who love me back? And is that enough to override whatever hard feelings I have with Ron? I think months and months of an offseason can smooth things over, but I certainly believe Taylor should go out and look around and go to the highest bidder, and maybe he thinks there's a better situation like going back to Carolina to compete with whoever they have in Frank Reich's uh, area, Scott? maybe mentoring a rookie. Vegas. Scott's in Las Vegas. Uh, hell, he they might want to try to go that. to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Vegas sounds amazing. That sounds way better than Ashburn and dealing with all the crap that's here. Especially so I wouldn't Vegas. blame Taylor in the least. Vegas, you're competing with maybe Jared Stidham. Maybe they draft somebody. Uh, I don't know. I think I I do not. I I do think there is a certain level of these guys can all run an offense with the same efficiency. I I think I I. I, I might put Dalton a little bit ahead of this, honestly. And I get that he's going to be turning 36, but Dalton's numbers last year with the Saints were pretty good. Um, completed like 67% of his passes, 18 touchdowns against nine picks. Didn't didn't have the same fumbles. Um, QB rating wasn't great, but I, I think Dalton, I don't know that having an actual veteran around hurts Howell. And you got to make sure that Dalton's in the right space for this like headspace and I think there were some conflicting reports if he was ready for that um two years ago in Chicago I just I don't know who the right guy is but I think you'd like if they're actually committed to this and I believe they are you'd like the right guy almost ahead of the right contract or or player and and I don't know that if it works out like that that'd be the greatest thing could happen you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know who that guy is because of the actual veterans that, that appear to be on the market. Uh, Flacco, right? Like, you can't be bringing Joe Flacco in here. But maybe a dude like Jimmy G. I think they like Jimmy G a lot and would go after Jimmy G. I think that's a price tag question. But Andy Dalton cost three mil last year. 
How much do you think he's going to cost this year? Like, I mean, to, to think that it's about money, I'm not sure it will be. Um, I, I just I don't know, but the, if the entire focus is on Howell's development, I think the other guy has to be based on Howell's development. Yeah, or and this would be very risky, especially for Ron, because you want that security blanket in case Howell really stinks, and then Ron goes into I need to preserve my job mode. But they're not going to be able to draft a quarterback in the first round but maybe try a, a third or a fourth or a fifth rounder, and then you just kind of give Howell the first couple starts, see how it's going, and if he's ascending, great. And if not, then you have another young guy. You can throw him in there and see what you got. You almost double your chances of finding at least a viable league average starter. It's not like you can you know, bank on finding the next Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins in those middle rounds, and I don't think this is on the table at all, but just building a team – in my shoes, I think it'd be a little bit interesting to see them just risk it on another rookie. You have two guys, and then maybe one of them proves to be okay, whether it's Hal or the other guy. But again, uh, whoever they bring in, if you see more of him than Hal, then 2023 is a failure. Ron's gone. The enemy's not doing so hot, and we're all uh, very angry. And then looking at the top of the mock drafts for next year, anyway. Yeah, I'm looking. At, I, I'm thinking a younger, a younger quarterback might be the, the case too. If they are so hell bent on on Hal being the guy, okay. And if Howe was to build off of what he did in the game against Dallas, okay. But what if that other guy comes in and he's a lot better than what you think? So you got two guys at the top of the game pushing each other. I think you get a better team out of that. Yeah, I think I think that may be like a Charlie Casterly model. I've heard him say it. Or sure, other GMs think it. It's draft quarterbacks all the time, uh, especially cheaper later ones. If they suck, see ya. If they're okay, then you can maybe trade him. He shows something in the preseason or in a couple spot starts. You trade him when he's on a cheap deal, and you can intrigue somebody else. And if he's better than okay, then look, you stumbled into a quarterback that you can build around, and you keep the cycle going. JP is long and still that the most valuable thing in the NFL is a quarterback on a rookie deal, and you keep starting that uh, timer over and over again. It could be pretty appealing. So maybe that's something for the next coach to consider. Again, I don't think Ron has the leeway to – uh, wait for two young guys to figure it out. So that will tick him towards a Dalton or a Tyrod, someone who he can just at least keep the ship afloat with. Uh, but Howell is definitely the priority, and I'm excited to see him. But I'm also not going to be shocked if this completely blows up because he is a guy who has played in one game and who they didn't want to start at all until the game didn't matter at all at the end of the year last who, year. Who's the quarterback that left him with the Philly? Uh, was that Sudfeld? Sudfeld. And everybody thought how great he was until he got on the football field. And I think JB's right in that sense where the young quarterback that comes in and shows you a little bit, oh, bro, he's the next best thing until yeah. he gets more than one game in a row. So let me read it, it this. Almost, and, and I think at least Brian and I agree that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. Belichick was drafting a new quarterback every couple of years. Oh, yeah. To the point where it really pissed Tom off and you saw the Garoppolo trade and various other players. Um but I, I talked to somebody at the Combine that was formerly in the Seahawks front office and, and has bounced around the league now um, that throughout the Russ Wilson era, they were always still trying to get better at quarterback. And I couldn't help but notice this from Mike Garofolo this morning. Um, Pete Carroll said the Seahawks are totally connected to the quarterbacks in this year's draft, especially since Seattle's in the rare spot of drafting number five overall. Seahawks are usually pretty good. They don't draft that high. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith's new contract rewards him for, for his comeback season, but doesn't close the door on Seattle taking a quarterback high at all. They just paid Geno three years, $75 million, fully guaranteed 40 mil of it. And they're still thinking about quarterback. 
Hell yeah, the commander should still be thinking about quarterback. Yeah. You should think about yeah. quarterback until you have they gave, Pat you know, Mahomes. Basically a two-year, $40 million contract. Correct. Which is on the market when it comes yeah, to the, a starting quarterback. So they're smart. The more, the <laughs> they more. Gave, they gave him more money. He's happy. But guess what? They're nowhere close to breaking the bank. Yeah, Brian will want to hit me over the head for the 50th time in my life when I say this. But the more I've covered the sport, I've come to realize draft in the trenches and then Keep looking for that quarterback over and over again. All the other stuff you can find in free agency, find in the trade market, maybe get lucky, but stock up the offensive line so when guys get injured, your whole season doesn't go down the drain, and keep searching for that quarterback. Draft one in the fourth or fifth round every year who has an interesting tool, and maybe he clicks with your OC, and he has a maturation process that really pans out. And Sure, I, I'll keep reiterating. I hope that Ron's thinking about it. I don't know that he will because I think he likes drafting seniors who are ready to play right away at uh, various spots, look at the draft class last year. I think that will be his focus. But, sure, draft some dude out of Eastern Washington in the sixth round, and maybe he can become something. It's, it can't hurt. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears. Talking with Pete Haley, Washington Football Talk podcast. Where are you at on the sales stuff? Where, where do you think the world is going? It's going towards sale. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely – I'm a little tired of it, and I'm sure a lot of people are just because of – how it's it's not stalled because I'm sure things are happening behind the scenes. We're getting tons of stories on both sides about how it's going towards this guy. Oh, wait, no, Dan's not going to do it. Okay, now Dan's in huge trouble. So it's been interesting to follow, but I'm, I'm ready for the conclusion. However, I will uh, reiterate that people who maybe are in the same boat with me, that it's taken Dan 20 years to run this franchise into the ground, so having to wait a couple more months for it to come to an end is definitely worth it. Uh, I don't know if it will happen by the March meetings because we're in March and those meetings are approaching rather rapidly. So maybe it's more in the summer, but I bet it happens before this team is on the field for training camp. And I think it's going to, I know JP thinks it's going to be Josh Harris and JP is very well sourced and has talked to a lot of folks. I just think Jeff Bezos can't be ruled out one because of his giant, enormous pockets. And two, just because I think that makes the league, pop a little bit more overall and there might be some motivation from Goodell or other owners to get Bezos in there because it raises the price of that team and hence raises the price of all the other teams. So I think sale will happen before training camp and I'm going to put my chips on Jeff Bezos bringing his uh, his wealth and his cachet to Washington. What if just getting all those guys together when this meeting come up, now they're all in the same room. They haven't all been in the same room just yet uh, as of late. They all get in the same room. Things may move a lot quicker than we think. Yeah, and we saw that last year when Ursay all of a sudden just started talking about how there's merit to push Dan to sell. That was pretty surprising. And yeah, you're right. Like when you get in the room and and you're in a group and somebody says, "Hey, I kind of hate this Dan Snyder guy," and it passes down the the mahogany table where everybody's smoking cigars and drinking expensive whiskey, then everybody's kind of like, "You know what? I hate that guy too." And we need to get this going, and we're all here right now. This is the only time we'll be together for a while. Let's really start muscling him out. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule out that it could really accelerate. Um, but I think just with all these investigations, both uh, from legal bodies and the Mary Jo White investigation and how Dan really seems to be uh, bearing down for his one last stand, uh, it, it would really – it wouldn't shock me, but it would be surprising if – this time in a couple of weeks, we're talking about Bezos or Josh Harris. So I, again, I think it'll be in the summer more so than March. But Brian, you're right. Guys can uh, can can if Jerry Jones or some other powerful owner starts talking, I bet a lot of other guys will be happy to listen and just end this saga once and for all. It's funny that we all, I, I believe we all agree that 
most of what we're hearing is incorrect and kind of nonsense, but we all also believe that Dan Snyder's bearing down for his one last stand when he wasn't even at a game in the last month of the season, hasn't <laughs> been at meetings. It's entirely possible in London. He, it's entirely possible he's not making a last stand. Yeah. And this is just the machinations of a it's, multi-billion it's, dollar it's the legalities deal. and right. lawyers speak and stuff like that sure. as you go down the stretch. Because you want to make sure you go out and hold some level of uh, of your pride. Sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Um, he's, he's prideful, and we've never covered an ownership sale before, so I, I don't have any point of reference to really refer back to. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a very unique situation, definitely. Brian does. He's lived it. Um, yeah. I have not. All right. Uh, last thing, I'll let Pete answer. I'll let B answer first because you, Pete, and Brian have different feelings on the clearly the key player in this proposed transaction. This is via James Schneider. Two firsts, half of the cafeteria, Chase Young and Troy Apke plus Lamar gets a seven and a half percent ownership stake. Would you make that deal? No, you wouldn't make it. <laughs> I'm not giving no player no ownership stake. I thought you would make it, and Pete would say no because he's First, an Apke I'm guy. I'm not giving nobody an ownership stake, and Apke, I don't think the Ravens would want him. You don't think? No. I think I think offering the cafeteria is a bad idea because we just heard about how the food at the park Listen, is man, the worst thing ever. So don't give you, him the cafeteria. Give him like an Uber Eats gift card. You give a player, I know this for a fact, you give a player ownership stake, you just messed up your team. I don't think they're actually doing that. Yeah, I know. Especially considering we don't know who the owner's going to be I, I, in the next few if, months. If I were to get seven percent ownership stake, and the coach say, "Hey, I want," hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who are you yelling at? Remember, I am your owner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thank you, Pete. Thanks, guys. All right, See you later. <laughs> now, before we give up any more ownership <laughs> stakes, apparently there's a debate if Jeff Walker is the best driver among all the producers in this station. My contention, I think he might be the best getaway driver. If I, was in a tight, if I was in a tight spot, I might lean on Jeff. Now's not the time, Jeff. We'll debate it. Uh, I'd also like to have a serious conversation about microwave etiquette in this building. Use a baby, right? Live a crazy life. Be Mitch Finley, 1067 The Fan. Make sure you're following along on social media. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Be Mitch and Finley. Uh, I'm going to. Should we check on the results of our poll, Landville, we yeah. posted this morning? Now, what do the numbers tell us about people watching the combine? The numbers are through the roof, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. All right, so our 58 Foundations of Waterproofing poll of the day is about to close here. Um, question was relatively simple. Do you watch the NFL combine? I voted yes because I not only watch it, but I go to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 34% of people said yes. 66% of people said no. I'm surprised by that. I would have thought it'd be 60-40, yes. Landville, do you watch it? I did not watch it this year. All right, so we got a bunch of people that replied. I really think moving it to prime time at night and moving the quarterbacks to the weekend is bad for it. I think people love having that stuff on during the day while they're at work, and they can watch it at work. Now I, I doubt generally. Let's the wait NFL and see what the numbers say when they when they're done, and then we're gonna realize that there are people out there that they can't wait for this stuff, man. Totally. Still. Uh, 
TV ratings for NFL Combine. That's what I'm trying to figure out. They don't watch um, it. They know you're going to watch it, and you're going to tell them about it. It's true. But I just, I, I'm just surprised that I think the primetime isn't – I know being there, the entire feel of the event has changed. And I don't think coaches like it as much. And that is an anecdotal, like, my own assertion. But consider the fact that five coaching staffs didn't go this year. Mm -hmm. Some of that might be owners not wanting to spend the money of sending what ends up being 30 people to Indianapolis for a week. They had legend rooms and stuff like that this year. They didn't all never have that all the time. So what I think they're trying to – it already works. And they're trying to add too much to it. And I've seen this happen sometimes, too, where – Something is already good, and you try to make it better, and you screw it up. That's possible. You remember years ago when Mark Cuban had the line about uh, pigs get eaten, hogs get slaughtered, something like that? I don't know what the saying is, but there's an expression there. And he was trying to take a shot at the NFL compared to the NBA about, you know, the NBA, the NFL is just too greedy or whatever it was. And all these leagues are equally greedy. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's no greed matrix. But the the combine moves, and and Landville, see if you can find it because none of the TV information I can find on Google is 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 showing up. But like, I don't think they've made the product better. I just I wonder if they're just making so much more money they don't care, and. If that's the situation, then it doesn't matter. If you're not going to show the interviews on TV, live, you can't do much different to make it better. They already showed the bench press, and they see all the running and stuff. What else could you do to make it better? Um, Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think it's – who's this way in? Medhurst? Pete Medhurst sent us a text that says the quarterback session on Saturday was the highest rated of any of the sessions. None of them drew more than 170,000 viewers, and it was very low rated. Wow. I think if that quarterback session was on Tuesday, whether it was Tuesday at like five-ish like it used to be, I've gone to these things where sometimes it's during the day, like it's straight up at noon Mm -hmm. or one o'clock. And then I remember I was at, I'm trying to remember who the, the Metters might remember, so text in Metters. It, it was one of those Bama kids that ran an unbelievable 40. I'll, maybe it was Ruggs. But I was there in the stadium for that, and it was incredible. And it was, I mean, that, I think, held everyone's attention. But I don't think in February or March even, after the Super Bowl, after four straight months of football, putting them on weekend nights is the move. Nah, it may not be because, remember, there are a lot of shows that show on weekend nights, too. And there are a lot of Netflix specials that pop up then. You're competing with other stuff at this time. And I just think people's mind is kind of like, out of the loop, I, maybe that's not accurate, but it just, it didn't. I'll be honest with you. 
It didn't seem like this had the buzz of previous ones. Anthony this Richardson year, it did. just showed up. Like, when you say, oh, I'm going to a combine next week, I was like, wow, a combine next week? <laughs> like, it just popped up. Like, it was no fanfare. Well, and I don't think – I don't know that they would ever change this. I don't think it helps. And I could be wrong, but this year's Super Bowl was played, what, February 12th, I believe? February 12th was the Super Bowl, and then the Combine was February 26th. The week? Dude, I mean, the, the Chiefs parade was, I think, that Thursday. And if you want to talk about the Chiefs parade, I believe Andy Reid's going to be joining us in about a half hour. Cannot wait to ask him some questions. But they didn't, you don't give people questions. a chance to, to miss it. Right. I don't know that that many people were focused on draft prospects because you're still getting over Patrick Mahomes' second half comeback in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So maybe you gotta maybe you gotta change that up a little bit and you gotta space it out a little bit and you gotta move everything back a week. I know they don't want to mess with the, the draft date, end of April. The draft date, and they don't want to mess with March Madness either. True. Because what they get is that the first week of free agency is also the first week of March Madness. It just it seems very stacked up. And think about, let's be real, what we all think is going to happen. They're at a 17-game schedule now. Most of us think they're going to go to an 18-game schedule. If they do that, it would mean the Super Bowl is on President's Day weekend, which would be incredible because it would make the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday a federal holiday. Well, it should be anyway. It should be. But, dude, if you if the Super Bowl gets to President's Day weekend, say that's roughly February 20th weekend, that means the combine starts a week after the Super Bowl. I mean, I, they that could would always be crazy. they could always move it back to Labor Day weekend instead of the weekend after Labor Day weekend. But I'm not sure I see that happening. Uh, I, I'm also I'm getting a ton of questions about Jim Ursay, who posted a picture from the Breakers last night, March sixth, um, at an owners meeting. In Palm Beach. This is last night from Jim Irsay. <laughs> Everybody knows Jim Irsay is a little bit crazy. Uh, likes to march to the beat of his own drum. I mean, Jim Irsay is out here giving $100 trivia things away. <laughs> so the meeting started? And <laughs> did, they have a, did they have an early meeting that we didn't know about? So the big meeting is at the end of the month in Arizona. I'll be there, right? Mm-hmm. This could have been a committee meeting. Could that have been a meeting that he did last year? But he just posted it this year? Because last year I was at the owners' meetings, which were in Palm Beach at the Breakers Hotel. Yeah. And I don't know enough, but, like, maybe that's just a picture from last year. I kind of doubt it. Uh, but if you – depending how – Deep down the rabbit hole you want to get. Where's my guy that follows Dan Snyder's yacht tracker? He placed one of Dan's jets, and they have two at least. He did place one of Dan's jets at Palm Beach last night, Uh. yesterday. Maybe this is a meeting 
that was scheduled. Maybe it's a meeting that isn't scheduled, but I apparently, according to Dan Snyder's Yacht Tracker, which is just unbelievable that this is a real account and actually makes sense, the jet flew back from London March 5th and flew down to Palm Beach March 6th. Now, if they had reversed that, maybe I could have gotten a, a ride home. Because I was in Florida. <laughs> I would have loved to sit on the on the on the jet. Sweet, Jay. Sweet. Uh did not got to sit in a middle seat in the twenty seventh row on a jet blue plane. Jet blue has nice planes though, no complaints. I, I one o'clock, Andy Reid should be joining the program, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, two time Super Bowl winner. One ish. One ish. I uh, I have two questions for you both. Mm-hmm. Where did Jeff go? And what is proper microwave etiquette? We're going to dive into that when we return. Don't go anywhere. It's be Mitch and Finley. You like your food hot. I like cold food, so I tend to just eat it cold. Today, though, I used the microwave, and I prepared a sandwich. Now, if anybody is listening, make sure you're listening in about 15 minutes from now-ish. Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl winning head coach, expected to call in, talk to his former player, Brian Mitchell, and his big-eared friend, me. And <laughs> we got plenty of questions, but we are certainly going to talk about Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Right now, though, I got a question for Brian. So I, I've, I've talked about microwave etiquette. I'm getting all sorts of people with all sorts of opinions via Twitter telling me how to properly use a microwave. Uh-huh. Landfill, my question, I know how to use a microwave. Yeah. That, that's it's not etiquette. my question. It's etiquette. How do you leave it? No, that's not where I'm going. What you got? But you can tell people that. But here's my, here's, I believe I was wronged earlier. How? I was in the kitchen. I made tuna. I was making a tuna melt. We used to eat all the time in college, and it sounded good. I, I recognize that that sounds gross, but it's good. I had an English muffin and then tuna and a piece of cheese. Uh-huh. I thought we had a toaster oven, which we don't, which is what I really needed, but we don't have it. So I toasted my bread. B, can you answer for the millions of people listening? I am – I'm. I'm I'm standing here directly in front of my computer, right? Mm-hmm. But the computer monitor is only a foot, maybe 18 inches away from yeah. me. Mm-hmm. If I was standing this close, preparing something, I'm clearly putting this sandwich together, and I'm standing directly next to the microwave. Mm-hmm. Isn't it implied that I'm about to use the microwave? Depending on where you're standing. I am this close. You are on the left side or in front of the microwave? Are you on the right? Because there's two microwaves now. I am on the left side of the microwave next to where the toaster is. So it's toaster, microwave. I'm dead in the middle preparing this sandwich, literally just putting cheese on a sandwich that I intend to put into the microwave. Where is the toaster? I haven't seen a toaster. There's there's like a little toaster to the left of the good microwave. Okay. I I I I would say, yeah, you're about to use the microwave. So was or I? They could have thought you just finished it and was getting ready to walk off. Some dude, well dressed fella from the sales side, who I don't know, 
I think he's going to know now. Walks in <laughs> with his Tupperware and just bogarts the microwave. Just, <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Just boom, boom. Done. Two hey, minutes. Man. See you later. Hey, hey you I got a break, dude. I got six minutes to make a tuna melt. <laughs> How the hell? You've been standing there long enough, dude. I was using the toaster. (laughs) He didn't even see any of that. He just walked in, completely ignored the fact that I was microwaving Jason, and took it. Were you going to use the microwave? Yes. How was I supposed to? Did you see that terrible sandwich I had? I would have liked to melt the cheese. Instead, I'd use the busted, broken-ass second-floor microwave, like the the higher microwave, that I'm not sure does anything. That, That one don't have a lot of power. It sucks. Yeah. I was wrong, Landfill. This probably isn't going to surprise you, but I'm on team sales guy here. You don't even, you you would have said that before I even told you what happened. Uh, not only did they keep the bills paid, shout out, um, but he probably saw that you were you had fish, and thought yeah, there's no hold on. B Mitch microwaves fish in there all the time. I haven't done that in almost months. He probably Whoa, saw buddy. the fact that you had fish and said, "There's no possible way Plus, this guy is going to put that fish. in the microwave." Yeah, it's fish, and it smells worse than the fish I bring. My yeah. fish don't smell bad. I love that you bring, just decide what fish sway. smells good and what doesn't no, no, in the some microwave. Of, some of them give you a different note. You don't want to put salmon in the, in the microwave. Did my sandwich bother you at all? No. Okay. But when I went in that room, I knew I smelled some fish. The other guy was microwaving fish. <laughs> sure he I was. I did smell fish. <laughs> I was wronged. Here's all I'm saying. If you're standing directly <sighs> next to a microwave, you know what would have been the right way to handle it? Just like, oh, are you about to use this? If I had gotten that, I'd be like, yeah, no, go ahead, man, no problem. I just think that they walk in. I'm also, yo, salespeople, our schedule's very tight. We have to get back on the radio. <sighs> we don't have a lot of time for dilly-dallying. But you were dilly-dallying. I wasn't. That's, that's, All that's I how was, was doing was toasting. I was toasting the English muffin. Linville, what scenario would have to unfold for you to think I had been wronged? Uh, well, first off, I wouldn't. It wouldn't have involved you microwaving a sandwich, which is just weird behavior. <laughs> How do you think I was supposed to make it a tuna melt? You don't do that at work. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm at just texting uh, me to calm down. I mean, it's just like, I was wronged. If one of you could just admit I was wronged, I would. I feel don't better. know. I'm just saying because, like, I know how you move so damn slow in certain situations. I wouldn't be sitting there waiting for you. Neither. I, I can figure by the time he gets to the thing, I'm done. B. He he swooped in like he was Lamar Jackson. Like it, it was with unbelievable precision. He was trying to show you what it what it would be like if we had Lamar Jackson. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> See, I, I go in there all the time, and I mean, you're I'm like, Brian Mitchell. Nobody I'm messes with you. No, I mean, I, half I, those salespeople are like, who's this big-eared idiot? I'm gonna bogart normally, the microwave. Normally, the people aren't even in there when I go in there, but I know I normally go the same time every day. You, what time did you go? Like eleven or something? It was when I was noon. I think it was the noon break an hour ago. Um, who's more crazy, me for being wrong to the microwave? Or Barstool Nate for just texting me. I think it's Lamar or nothing. Nobody else matters or is good enough. Barstool Nate is just. I mean, he's he, he's a he's on a bit 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 mindset all the time. I think this he's serious about. Yeah, but the thing about it is, you have to have one. You have to have an opinion that you really believe it can happen, or someone is discussing it for you to be that serious about it. Just because that's what you think, nah, that's not good enough. That's 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 like a bit to me. 
I, I would happily do an hour of conversation about Lamar Jackson if I thought there was any possible chance he's coming here. If there was a possible chance he was here. coming here, you an hour, we're doing a whole four damn hours. Because that, that gets people going. It's provocative. Yeah, it's provocative. It Similar the to the going. dude that bogarted the microwave from me. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about, too. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid joins the program. Don't go anywhere. 